Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Scott. And I'm Andrew. This production is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to find great careers faster. That's whether you're working or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're going to talk about the best questions to ask at interviews. We recognize that when you go to an interview, you expect to be asked questions. Lots of questions. About your experience, uh, what you bring to the table. At this point, often they're behavioral questions. Tell me about a time when. And those are good. They're great. They, and, and you can they, prepare for those. Absolutely. Right? There probably isn't any new interview questions out there. Well, there are a few, but they're, they're, most of them are focusing on the same things. And so, yes, you can prepare for these. It's important to know what kind of information they're looking for. Generally speaking, that is a known idea. And yeah, there, there are resources out there to find what do these questions mean? Maybe we can do that in a, a, a later podcast, but you can prepare for the questions that they are going to ask you. This conversation is about the questions that you should be preparing for them. Take some time, do your homework, because asking those questions is going to differentiate you in, in that hiring process. As well as how you ask those questions. Precisely. That's what we're going to focus on today. Because often we have hear people say general things like, I appreciate work-life balance, or I want good leadership. But we don't know what questions to ask right. to actually find out what is the, how do I know? Exactly. Because you have to assume that whoever you're talking to is going to be putting their best foot forward. They'll always put the positive spin no matter what you're asking. Why? Because that's their job. It's natural for them to do that. Sure. And nobody's going to get the top candidate if they're, they're airing their own grievances. It just doesn't make any sense. So know that they're going to be you know, talking very in glowing terms of the company that they're working for. You do want to ask questions that get to the real, um, the, the real life workday working in that company. And so there are some things that, that we recommend that you do first. First of all, know what you want. What are the things that you value as an employee? If you're interviewing or hoping to interview for a position of leadership, know what you value in terms of company culture and how the employees relate to their supervisors. Have a list of things that are valuable to you that is dependent upon the, the workplace to provide mm -hmm. so that you can start asking informed questions about how do they fit that bill for you? Because if the company isn't going to be aligned with your values, if their values don't align with yours, you're not going to be happy there in the long run. This is where it's really important to document your values. And really, I appreciate, Scott, whenever you do the five whys, which is a very good exercise for this. So I do this a lot with my coaching clients where they say, you know, I really want a, a company that has great leadership. Okay. Yeah, well, what, what is it about the What is it about leadership that, and why? Yeah. Why do you want that? Why do you, and so when it gets down to a base term, it's like, well, right. you know what? I just like people to listen to me and do what they say they're going to do. Well, there we go. Right. So now you have a question to ask your interviewer. So for some, how would you rate your company on whether or not people say what they're going to do and listen to the feedback that they get. And see what see what they say. Right. And when you ask the question, don't answer it for them. Just be quiet for a second. Take notes. Silence is your friend. Yes. Yep. And take <laughs> notes. 
but listen to what's happening between the lines. You, you mentioned, Andrew, the, the work-life balance. That means, yeah, that means different things to different people. I'm here to tell you it is a buzzword that we hear a lot now. I was just reading an article this week uh, that that makes the point that that is a very American idea in other countries, especially in Europe, where they regulate uh, employment uh, practices where, for example, uh, France recently just reduced the, the number of hours in the standard work week. And the idea isn't because they're trying to find work-life balance. They recognize that work is a part of life. They don't separate the two. So what is there to balance? What they're doing is saying you can't take unfair advantage of your employees because they have to live. We don't do that in the United States. And I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm not, I'm not making a judgment call here. It's just that we have to be realistic about what it is that we're talking about and the fact that what the way we define it may not be the same as the company you're talking to. That's why it's so important to document and identify what does that mean for you. For some right. people that might be, you know what, I'd really like to have six, mo- six months paternity leave after my child comes in November. Other people, it might be, hey, you know what? The job I'm coming from, I have to work every other Saturday. I hate it. So if I can have both, all my weekends off, that's great. Yeah, but I'm not going to come in and say, hey, can I get my weekends off? Because that, all of a sudden, you're focused on the wrong thing. Or focused on myself, right? right? Even though we can turn that around and say, maybe the question is, how do you allocate weekend work? Or is weekend work necessary here? Or do you offer flexible schedules in terms of when you're talking about the issues of diversity and inclusion? Because that's often what ends up happening. What kind of accommodations do you generally give versus those that are requested? These are all things that there's a process, there's a policy. They're, they know, they should know what those are. So you can talk to them about what their policies are without making it sound like I'm trying to game the system or I'm trying to, to, to find out only what's in it for me. Because they're in looking at it, what's in it for the company. Or for their group or yeah. themselves yeah. or their team. Yeah, exactly. There's a dynamic that goes on there, that's for sure. The idea is to take a look at any one of these components that are important to you and see if you can reverse engineer a question. Yeah. And that's not a very straightforward, simple process unless you're really good at a Jeopardy. But at the same time, as an interviewer, I was trained a long time ago on, on those behavioral questions, right? So tell me about a time when. It is totally okay for you to ask that same question. Tell me about a time when somebody needed some accommodation uh, around their work schedule. How did you handle that? That's a totally valid question. And you'll get an answer that, that speaks to more than just this is our policy. It's, well, this is how we problem solved with that individual. When you see, if, if you value collaboration in these kinds of things, you're not the process-driven person, you're the people-driven person, that, that style preference, their answer is going to tell you whether or not they are working in a process-driven environment or a people-driven environment. So here's one question or one response that you can use to determine whether or not this would be a good fit for you. And this just comes from experience. Maybe you had some bad experiences in the past and you know what questions to ask that would identify whether or not that's going to be a repeat of that experience. 
But you could also look at all the good experiences you have, and often that's overlooked by a, a potential candidate. Right. Is that, hey, here's a situation that I appreciate and that I like. And I want more of that. I want more of that, but I didn't recognize that when I was at the job. I was only recognized on the crap I didn't like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm leaving. And those questions will also provide an idea that you are thinking in positive terms, not being negative mm-hmm. Nelly, right? Right. That you're, you're, you, you're walking in with the positive attitude. I think about those behavioral questions that where you're validating what they say they value. Talk to me about what diversity and inclusion looks like, or talk to me about a time when you had a challenge with this value of speaking with candor and how you handled that. How does the company work overall with uh, negative feedback on glassdoor.com? What are the values and how do I align my values? But that won't mean anything unless I know what my values are. That way you can develop those questions. Absolutely. And the other one that comes up a lot is I want a company that is a a people-first company or invests in their people sure. or has high employee engagement. Yeah. I mean, all these the, silly buzzwords yeah, that we they're, hear. Oh, they take them seriously. They oh. don't think they're silly. Boy, there are a lot of, of rabbit holes in that field. Yeah, I think about those who say, oh yeah, where our people come first before financial growth. In practice, and this is where the networking really comes into play mm-hmm. because that's where you Behind find out. Behind the kimono. Yep. That's where you find out that they are pushing growth, pushing growth, pushing growth, pushing growth. Oh, well, they say they value people first. Yeah, but in practice, now you can get a better idea of what's really happening. Now, if you happen to be really adept in those environments where they're pushing growth and you can help them put the people spin, it's perfect for you. That's right. So there's nothing inherently bad about pushing for growth. Nothing nothing bad about that at all. But you have to know whether or not you're going to fit. Well, and where do they draw the line between exactly. that and, and everything else? So how do they actually work with their employee engagement or internal satisfaction? Well, many companies, and I've, I've seen it firsthand, where the company will do all their surveying through their HR software. Well, the HR software is tied to your profile. Yeah. So it's not truly anonymous. Yeah. I'm here to tell you that if, if you're talking to a company that uses an HR-driven or an employee record-driven survey um, function. It is not anonymous and people are not giving unfettered feedback. They're not doing it because they are not safe to do so. If they're using, and I'll just use this as an example, it is in no way an endorsement of the company, but if you're using a service like SurveyMonkey, which is truly anonymous, Mm -hmm. you do not have access to the information of who supplied the feedback then you've got a better idea that you're getting true, honest feedback. It, it goes to a third-party site. Correct. There's no names involved. Might be an IP address, but they, you know, who's going to seek out an IP address? Well, not only that, but often people will be using their work computer to provide this, this kind of feedback because it's an internal survey. And the IP address is going to be basically associated with your company. Be aware that they will absolutely advertise their high scores in engagement and employee satisfaction, but you don't know how accurate that is until you talk to the people on the inside. And I would say my own personal perspective is the harder they lean on those scores, the less likely it is to be accurate. Because if you tell me you're funny, you're probably not funny. (laughs) 
right? It is kind of funny that you say that, but not in a humorous way. Yeah. It's, it's peculiar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you have to tell me that you're trustworthy, if you feel so yeah. strongly that you have to convince me that I can trust you, the chances are pretty good I can't trust you. If you are truly involved in trustworthy activity, that reputation will precede you. Be very careful about the buzzwords that they give you in an interview and ask questions that get deeper. A question just came to mind as you were speaking, and that's something that probably should be identified early on, maybe even during a screening interview if you have one, is understand why this position is open. Excellent point. Uh, Sometimes we try to answer that one for the interviewer as well, but I just like to say, hey, what caused this position to be open? And that's it. I don't say anything else because if I start saying, oh, are you backfilling this or are you doing right. that? Is it new? Don't, don't give them any, don't, any, don't give them any answers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Just again, silence is your friend in that situation. Great point. Because once I have that, I can say, okay, that's going to answer a lot of questions in my mind. Right. Oh, well we've, the, the person was promoted. Okay. Well, that gives me an indication that this is a promotable, potentially, right. a promotable position, and I am looking for growth opportunities. That's a plus, okay? Uh, the person left. Right, okay. So I would personally, now mentioned earlier that I'm not always terribly assertive, but this would be an opportunity for me to say, if it isn't inappropriate to ask, did the person leave because there was a misalignment of either values or performance expectations. And that way, you're kind of putting them on the spot. You're likely to get an idea of whether or not um, this is a good position to work in. Uh, use, use caution with that. I, I'm not recommending that would be in any, any conversation. But if you feel like you have a good sense of trust with this individual and that you've made a good connection, you can ask, so why did the person leave? Or maybe given the experience with the, the prior person in this position, what would you be looking for a new person to do differently? Sure. What, what does the ideal candidate look like sure. to you? There are ways to get that kind of information about what it's like to, to fill the position you're applying for. I will say, if we're talking about growth opportunities, most companies will say that there are opportunities for advancement. And you'll need to dig a little deeper in terms of how people actually get promoted. Because I, mm-hmm. I know of several companies, actually, two that I've worked for personally, where the people who were promoted, they had done some good things. They had certain results. That was great. Sometimes individuals really worked hard to augment their skills. I can't tell you how many companies internally complain about people who getting promoted who don't display the behaviors that align with their values, which tells you that they're getting promoted because they're playing the political game well. There's nothing wrong with playing political games well. What matters is whether or not that's the environment you want to play in. Mm -hmm. And the trouble starts when you suddenly discover that in order to advance, you're having to play a game you don't want to play. And most importantly, don't feel you should. As soon as you start shoulding yourself. Or because, right? Validating. Right. Oh, it's not not the way I want to, to go because. Right. Uh, it's it, that's where things get a bit slippery. Yes. So if you do the networking in advance to find out how do people get in, get promoted within this company, that's going to shine a big light on yeah. something that can help you in your interview and beyond. 
there's nothing that says you can't even bring a printout of that person's LinkedIn profile. And, and maybe you just ask them, hey, you know, could you just give me an idea of what your career path with the company is? And, you know, how did you get to this position? Right. Could you just fill me in sure. on that? And, and then you'll hear, well, I've been in the same position for 13 years. Hmm, 13 years, same position. Yeah. Well, what are the odds that I'm going to get promoted? Well, that's true. If if you're looking to get promoted into that right. individual's position. That, or even above point. that position. Right. You remind me of kind of a funny story, something that I ran into myself when I was interviewing several years ago for a development leadership position. And I had done all my research on everyone who was going to be in the room to the point where, and we had a lot in common. Mm. And, and full disclosure, I came in second for that job. What ended up happening in the interview was I knew enough about everyone in the room with one exception that I think they felt that I'd been stalking them. <laughs> and it's like, Over oh my goodness, top. how did you know all this? And of course I told them, well, I looked on LinkedIn. It was, a, it was an easy research, right? Yeah. I would just say, be careful if you do that, um, know it. And know right. how to bring stuff up from your background so that you can can start to make those connections. If you're if you've done exhaustive research, don't don't be the stalker. Be just careful. You, just we had a good laugh about it. It yeah. didn't it, it didn't preclude my yeah because I, I'm sure that's not why they didn't hire me. That that the other person that that came in first actually had some experience that I didn't have that they felt was an advantage. Good. So it worked out. It worked out. Yeah. It, well, it also so, worked out because a year and a half later they went under. So <laughs> that's but that's did you a story. Favor. <laughs> yeah, basically. The idea here, though, is regardless of the situation, try not to make bold statements, but do make good questions. Yeah. And the questions are what is going to save you in any of these situations. Yeah. The um, hardest question that I think you could ask is about accountability within the company, because I will tell you, most companies will say. They hold everyone accountable. And usually top leadership is the least accountable in most, at least with large companies. That may that may or may not be true with a mid-sized company. And all bets are off with really small companies and startups because they have their, their existence to manage. But with large companies, it's been my observation that it may not be across the board, but in certain or many divisions, that accountability really stops probably at the director level that those higher generally ha can provide reasons why things don't go well there's an assumption that if you're already for example a vp that you know what you're doing they hire vps into vp roles right and if you're not promoting into that vp role you're coming in from the outside that accountability piece is really difficult to pinpoint so that's going to be one of the, the so most why challenging. is that why is that important to you when it comes to accountability, we're really talking about culture. How a culture is created in reality versus the culture they say they they build via their values. Remember that values and mission statements and, and vision statements are aspirational. They're not necessarily real life. How they bring that to life is the culture that they create. So are senior leaders truly accountable for the creation of the culture they say. Now, if they say outright, we are a money-driven company and we're gonna make money for our customers, whatever that looks like, you know, whatever form that takes, they make it clear. Chances are pretty good that the accountability part is really easy because you just follow the numbers. Follow the numbers, yeah. Today's world, employment world, certainly within the United States, we see more and more companies talking about 
work-life balance and positive workplace cultures and employee engagement and internal satisfaction. And the more we talk about these almost intangible things, and I say almost because it, sometimes it can be tangible, when we're talking about these broad concepts about some individuals being happy, how do you measure that? Well, if it's hard to measure, it's hard to measure accountability. Mm. And leaders, once they get into the higher positions, they've arrived. Train my people. I don't need it. I don't need training. I've already arrived. Train my people. That is an indication that accountability is probably lacking. Maybe that revolves around a 360, right? Yeah. If you have a three, an anonymous 360 system that's asking people, how would you rate your happiness today on a scale of 1 to 10? Things of that nature. I'm sure you could come up with something. Well, that, but my, I think my, that's a great question right there. Sure. Does your company, do, do your leaders go through 360 reviews and through what, what is the process through which you, you accomplish that? How are those action items implemented? Tell, tell but, me about your most recent implementation of a 360 review. Right. Uh, How did you ask feedback? the questions? Did you, did you do it anonymously through a third party? What did that look like? What did you do with the information you gathered? Here's a whole series of questions about accountability. And there are a lot of companies that talk about 360s that don't actually do them. And there, there are those from firsthand experience, by the way, that do them. That do. But don't do anything with them. Right, which is even worse. Other than, I'm sorry. We've heard you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, you've heard us and you're not doing anything about it. That is really telling. And I would much rather hear from a company, oh no, we don't do 360s, than to ask the question, what do you do with that information? And find out that the word is nothing. The response, oh no, well, we don't really Well, we make talk changes. about it. Yeah, we talk about it. But we don't um, do anything with it. You can get an idea. And here's where LinkedIn can actually be helpful. If you want to know what senior leaders in, in a company care about, look at the, assuming they don't have a staff member doing this for them, look at the, the articles they post, whether they write them or that they forward them on LinkedIn about mindfulness or being a connected leader or someone, you know, having emotional intelligence as a leader. If they're actually promoting that and living it, you're probably going to have a better idea of that accountability piece within the company. Another way we can think of growth opportunities is, is relates to training and yeah. development and Learning. budgets there. And, oh my goodness, and, yeah. And so one of the questions you could ask around that would be... If you are the type that wants to work in a learning environment, know what that definition is, and you can go to the Association for Talent and Development, ATD.org, I believe, is the... Um, um, we'll, we'll put that in the show notes to, to make sure that it's correct. Uh, but it's ATD is the, the acronym for the Association for Talent Development. There is a definition of what a learning environment is. And every year they do, a, uh, they send out surveys and rank companies on being the top learning environments, the, the top 125 companies in the country that for their learning uh, expertise. Now, that's not a guarantee that every company on that list actually does it well, but at least they're making an attempt to provide learning opportunities to their people. A lot of companies will talk about being 
learning companies, but they don't follow the definition. Mm -hmm. So that is a really good well, starting they, they, they point. provide Skillsoft or LinkedIn learning, right. and they think that's enough. Correct. Right. But then they don't give their people a structured time to actually go and learn. I spoke to a large bank based here in the... Um, Pacific the Pacific North. Northwest. It is a large bank, one of the, the regional ones. And I asked her about how they uh, approach uh, employee learning and development. And uh, especially when it comes to um, courses that build their skills, but aren't necessarily associated to their primary job. And she said, oh, well, we require that they do that on their own time. Well, that tells me right out of the gates that they don't value the growth of their employees beyond the work that they are currently doing. That's a problem if you're going to be the type that wants learning opportunities. If you're already self-motivated to do that, probably won't affect you. But if you're the type that you want to work for an organization that helps everyone grow, mm -hmm. meaning that they set aside time for their employees and they build in the budget to offer it to you, those are the questions that you need to be asking about. And the answers you're really looking for are going to depend on what you want from that learning. Which, do, you, do, do you want some kind of a, a, what, a stipend or a tuition reimbursement? Sure. Do you want uh, just opportunities to grow into a certain domain? Sure. Um, now, bear in mind that there is nothing unethical about requiring that the whatever education you're getting relates to the work that you've been hired to do. That is in the company's best interest. If you are looking at, for example, I know people who come into a lower level position in a financial services company, and they start to take courses on how to be a financial advisor. Well, there's, there's a career path there. It's obvious. It may not be the department they're working in. It, it's related. Mm -hmm. So that's probably a good thing. If you're working for a financial services company and you want them to pay for your degree in music, it probably isn't going to happen and for good reason. Depends on the organization. It sure does. I've worked with other uh, banks, by the way, financial institutions that have that kind of policy. Sure. They're fantastic companies to work for. Sure. But again, that, that is going to be company specific. Yes. What, we're, what we're saying isn't that one idea is more valuable than another. It's that you have to know what to ask. You have to know what you value. Yeah. It's, it's not any different, Scott, than going to the doctor. You know, the doctor isn't just going to give you a prescription and say, thanks for coming. Some do. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, but they, I, they're I, the ones I that are in jail. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're always going to ask you some questions, right? Where does it hurt? How long has this been yeah. going on? Is there right. a family history? Right. And, and so don't think that when you go to an interview that it's out of bounds for you to ask questions. No, it's not. In fact, it is required. And I will tell you, having worked in HR for as long as I have, those who don't have any questions of me probably haven't done their homework. And that does not make you look good. Always have a good pool of questions to ask right. so that you don't get to the end. They've answered all your questions and you respond that way. Right. Always have an additional four, five, six, ten questions that when you get to the end, you at least have something yes. that you can yes. ask them. If if you even have time yeah. after you've a, a, had all the other questions <laughs> yeah. answered. Right? Exactly. Well, thank you for joining us for this, this episode of Job Seekers Radio. You can get all the show notes and resources at jobseekersradio.com forward slash 059. While you're there, uh, avail yourself of our free resource, which is the Anatomy of a Networking Conversation ebook. You can download that right from the site. It'll help you prepare for these interviews 
No doubt in my mind. Absolutely. Networking in a lot of ways is very similar to an interview and you get to practice your communication skills sure. in a safe environment. Well, thank you for joining us for this episode of Job Seekers Radio. Your investment of time and your attention is really appreciated. We're grateful to you. Skip on over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. While you're there, just do the rate and review. Leave us a question. If there's anything we can do to support you, we're happy to do it. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. And until next time, remember this. Oprah Winfrey once said, real integrity is doing the right thing, knowing that nobody's going to know whether you did it or not. See ya. Bye, everybody. <laughs>